Howdy, gang. Back country and barbells on your podcast machine. Um, I'm Joe Shimonic. The other guy on the cast, as you know, is Jeremy Day. Uh, we're doing our best to get you training, hunting, and living the best lives possible. And um, we are in that same. Um, we're in that same state. We're just trying to work out that equation uh, to the best of our abilities. Hopefully, you can steal um, a couple tips and tricks as we ramble through our own story. So, Jeremy, man, what's up? You've been uh, you've been getting after it lately. You said uh, Las Vegas, Sacramento, uh, shakeups in the office, all kinds of stuff going on for you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a part of all those life challenges, right? Work. Uh trying to juggle it all and then have time to actually do something. The good thing is, is, um, I've been able to work out every morning still. So that all that traveling hasn't hindered that fired up. So how do you, so like, you know, there's, I hear that all the time that, you know, I'm so busy, you know, I just don't have time for it. And to be honest, I used to make those same excuses. Um, I'm in a really, I'm in a hot streak too and i'm feeling great about it but how are you i mean you, the one thing that you're you have on the plate that i don't is the travel and um you know that is a, that's a tough one man it, it's tough to get motivated to get in the hotel gym or to you know getting off the plane and you know travel wreaks havoc on your body so you know yeah. how, how's it been going it's it goes good you know it, it it's it's super duper hard because when that alarm goes off at, you know 4 30 five o'clock in the morning, you don't, you just want to hit it because you're sitting in a hotel, you're sleeping in a hotel room. It's not your bed. Um, the AC unit or heaters going on all night. There's all these noises. It's, you know, you don't get that solid sleep. So when the buzzer goes off, you're like, ah, man, I don't have to be anywhere until eight o'clock. I'm just going to sleep in. It's easy to get in that mind frame, but the idea is buzzer goes off, turn the light on, get my shoes on somehow make my way down to the gym and there i am so it's just it's a matter of feet to the floor and get it done yeah that's basically commitment (laughs) commitment and discipline man and then they're both sometimes hard things to tap into yeah for me i've i used to make i i would have the discipline and commitment issues um but for me the thing that's made it possible is committing to training early it, if I don't get it in before 7 a.m., it's not going to happen. It's just I know that, and it's just with the kids being so busy, same thing. But honestly, where, I, where I'm sitting now, once I've got the training committed to and it, that was like a three-year process for me, to be perfectly honest. Like, I'm not a— Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man. Like, I when I was heavy into CrossFit and going to the games, and even on my national championship run with— uh, competing in USAW events, like, um, I was, I was stay-at-home dad, and I, uh, sleep in with the kids, and, you know, I was either training at home in the afternoon, or I was taking the kids to the gym when it was convenient for me, like, I, I, I trained when I wanted to, when I thought it was optimal, and I could get in long sessions whenever I wanted, and generally worked it out, um, but, you know, since working full-time again, and, um, with the kids getting older, uh, yeah, I had to slowly roll that morning stuff into my situation, and that was not easy. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah, it's hard sometimes. Yeah, it took and it took a long time. Um, but but what happened now is uh, I think where I'm in my hot streak is I actually have I I I tinkered into an interesting plan that I wrote for myself where I wrote eight workouts out. Um, four of them were resistance training workouts and four of them were, um, aerobic capacity, um, workouts. And within two of those workouts, um, one of my resistance training workouts was a kind of a recovery slash like auxiliary day. And one of my running workouts that I scheduled was like a easy recovery run and uh-huh. schedule. I used to never schedule like recovery work. I would just rest and it was just be on the calendar's rest. But I'll be honest, putting workouts on the calendar for with rest as the thing and you actually are committed to doing that, like doing something every day, um, that's that's kept it going. And that kind of goes on to what you were saying. It's just it's just that consistent thing. I'm gonna do something no matter what today. 
and just deciding that it's going to happen. So you get up every day and you do something um, and just find different ways to commit to it. That's been really helpful for me. Yeah, with me, with traveling, you know, sometimes I'm traveling. You know, I have to leave my house at 3 a.m. or whatever, so I don't get the morning workout. But typically what I do is the day before, I'm thinking, okay, tomorrow, where's the gap that I get to work out? Because mm. um, with my job, sometimes, you know, it's it's from 8 in the morning when I travel until 10 o'clock at night. So the evening, typically, I never get my workout in unless, you know, we can find a two-hour gap and then I'll do a run or something. But... Most of the time it's in the morning, but it's the night before where I kind of commit, okay, I got to get up tomorrow at 4.30 and get my workout in, or okay, tomorrow it's not going to work at 4.30 a.m. I got to be on a plane, so maybe I get to the airport and I just, um, when I'm early and I just walk the airport for an hour. Yeah. So I think there's always a way to figure out out how to do it. You just have to think about it the day before, like you're saying, plan it out. Um, I love the idea that like what you do is putting it on the calendar because then that's, and then looking at that calendar every day, it's you, that's, it's kind of pointing you into that direction and making that true commitment. Cause then you have to look at it and say, oops, I didn't do it yesterday. If well, you didn't get it in, you know, well, and seeing it and doing it's interesting. So what we also did is put a board in the garage and I, I wrote the eight workouts out on the board. And the only thing that changes is the the um, weights that I do because I'm progressing those up and the dates. So I see it. And my goal is always to bunch those eight workouts in over an eight day stretch. That's just the way it works. And, you know, and I miss a day, I can see it. So yeah, just, it's just a, it's just a goofy little mechanism that works. Um, and so you uh, think putting it in a spot where you see it every single day is, oh, I see it. Yeah. I see it multiple times a day and there it is. And then it's like, Hey asshole, you missed a day. <laughs> it's just like okay. Yeah. So, is there anything you do like if you miss a day? Is there um, do you double up on something or? Yeah, I put a bunch of thumbtacks um on the floor and jump on them. You know, no, I'm kidding. Hey, that's smart, dude. <laughs> yeah, I torture that's myself. A, that's yeah, good torture. I yeah. always do the build a fire and run across it. But that thumbtack thing sounds. No, but but things happen. Like so again, um, and even going back to what I said, that's why I built those recovery workouts. So for example, sometimes something can stand in place for them. They're they're generally written as pretty flexible workouts where they also give me the opportunity to kind of do something um, different. So. Instead of doing the recovery workout last weekend, um, I just put the snowshoeing adventure that me and the family went in for that because that's an activity too. So, you know, sometimes something goes in place for it. But, you know, um, I don't know what happens when I miss a day because it hasn't happened since I've set this routine up. You know what I mean? Um, I just, it's kind of on that spot where it's like, you know what, I kind of, I kind of was just like, you know, if you're telling people 30 minutes is not hard to find, then you should prove it and not let that not happen for you, if that makes sense. So, um, and the other thing about it is it's like, um, the alternating of like, um, aerobic work and strength work, I think keeps me fresh and spry and recovered. Like I don't generally go into sessions sore anymore or tired. They generally find because they're different modalities with um, different goals and they're, you know, they're kind of, you know, the resistance training, workouts are generally built to be more anaerobic um and explosive workouts where you know i'm moving heavy and fast and 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 i'm doing some kind of like um plyometric style jumping and they're they're explosive movements um Uh and then my aerobic workouts they're kind of just drawn out you know they're 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 testing the lungs right so um and the funny thing is the inspiration for doing this was listening to the Meat Eater Ranella podcast. Those guys keep saying over there that all you need to hunt is legs and lungs. And um, I kind of took that the other way. I said, well, you need more than legs. You know, you need a strong back, right? You need a couple other things. So it's like, you know, how can I – but I do, after last year committing to running more, found that, you know, lungs are very helpful on the mountain when you're chasing elk around. So – um kind of committing to that more aerobic training and alternating it with my my strength work has been awesome man i mean all the recovery all the running workouts actually i think serve as a form of recovery for the resistance training i'm doing and i think that's just keeping me fresh and motivated and you know i don't i used to go into the gym after 
I don't know if you follow weightlifting, but like when you're when you're heavy into maximizing two lifts, the snatch and the clean and jerk, that training gets really long and really repetitive. And after you're in it for years, I mean, you're you're not you're doing a lot of work for very minimal gains when you work when you get to the top. You know, the days of five and twenty pound PRs are over. You might go a whole <laughs> yeah. yeah, you you go a whole year and you're hoping to get, you know, a a kilo increase on your, you know, whole total. And that's brutal training. Um, and it's not fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you think you want to lift heavy all the time, we'll try it, try it for a long time. And it gets really crappy, but um, just, I think alternating uh, different modalities and doing different things has, has made things really fresh. So I think that's part of it too. You know, have a smart program that lets you feel frisky. I think that's been helpful. Well, I think that's a strong point you bring up and I never ever thought about it is, you know, people are all gung ho about working out and then they hit that PR and then it's, then they're done. But I never thought about because what's the goal next, right? You're benching 300 and then you're, that's your PR and then you're hopefully get to 302 and then 304 and it takes a lot longer. I'd never thought about that, man. That's pretty interesting. Oh no, the, the, like on goal setting, right? Because you hit that goal and then what's the next goal after that on, on the competition side, it's, it's maybe to win, but you still have to have those incremental progressions to keep the mind going, especially me. I'm like, maybe that's why I have, and you, we both have a thousand different hobbies. Well, you always shifting gears into something. Well, it's important to understand, you know, if when you do get into like, let's say you are training and I think the best way to train is that idea. Like, let's go for performance. You have to go into it realizing that you will plateau at some point. But the the novice trainer, the newer you are to sport, you're going to make the most gains quickest in the beginning. That's why that's usually like that fun honeymoon period. You know, that first six months in an activity yeah, that's why a lot of people end up falling into weightlifting because, you, you know, you think about a snatch, you know, ground to overhead in one movement. And, you know, if you watch it when it's done beautifully, you pick the bar up, you squat under it with it over your head and you stand up and it's super smooth and it's great. Um, but so because it's so technical and because, you know, gravity's got its own challenges and your body has its own challenges and you're trying to learn the new skill, like you make you make a lot of gains really quickly, but as soon as like technical proficiency and strength kind of, you know, collide and they're the same, that's when the training begins. And then even within there, you'll still make steady gains. But man, when you get really good um, and, and you're there and all of a sudden your genetic potentials met your, your technical proficiency and your technical proficiency is actually uh, at a competitive level, um, it, it's, it's pretty brutal. And, um, it, that's a really hard mental jump. Like, how do I stay in this when gains are hard to come by? And, and, and that, that 5% and that 1%, that's where, that's where the real challenge is. Um, and that's when you find out if you're really committed to something. Um, and and to be honest, maybe I wasn't wholeheartedly into committed, committed to, to weightlifting. Right. Cause, uh, I got into, I never got into like an A session, but you know, one national championship, I was 11th and, um, I played in a B session and, um, at, at the master's level, I took second and fourth place and, but it's a, it's a brutal thing. And, um, that's hard, that commitment to stay into it. Um, so I always like with young lifters or new folks who get into training from this performance perspective that I like to push, I always push slow and steady gains because you can ride that train for a long time if you do it right. And if you ride that train, the longer you ride it, the bit, the better base you build where you can avoid injury. If you, you know, if you're a flash in the pan, 20 pounds here and you miss a day and then you kind of brute up and use, you know, just talent to, to do the next lift, you know, you're going to ultimately, I think, get hurt because you're going to be chasing weights you're not ready for. So, um, that's the other thing I've done when I got back into this cycle, I took my weights way back and I took a really conservative approach to making increases. And actually, I used to just jump into my old training totals. This time, I picked slightly different lift variations, but I took things way back. And um, I took things really slow building up. And I'm actually right now approaching some interesting training numbers where things are challenging. But I still feel great because I've 
properly, I think, build up that base. And, you know, that was a lesson for me to learn because I always thought of myself as someone who had a strong training base. But, you know, even with my background, there was still just benefits to being conservative. And you think, um, was it pretty hard mentally to try to discipline yourself to keep those weights down and then slowly progress? Because naturally, we're kind of want to just go, 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 right? Yeah. Well, the the things that helped were, again, I I slightly changed them. So rather than doing deadlift variations, we got, got, I got the wife a trap bar. And she wanted this trap bar for Christmas because that's going to be the new uh, Army standard for the deadlift that they're adding to the PT test. So that's a new piece of equipment for me. I didn't really train on it very much. Everything for me was barbell because, you know, that's what I competed with. But So that was fun to tinker with a new bar. Um, that that kind of solved that problem for me. Um, but to be honest, um, it was fun to go lighter in because what I ended up doing was was chasing more reps and trying to move it faster. Um, the I've cut. This is an interesting question. That's a good question. My goals are slightly different because now I think the really competitive thing that I'm doing every year is this this Ragnar race that I'm getting into every year, and right. my the goals to support that run and to kind of look good with my shirt off when I'm running up the mountain. Right, so. Like, it's not as important to lift heavy weights anymore. So, no, um, with, with, you know, if my goal was still to total at a USAW meet, um, it probably would have been hard. But, no, that's just on the back burner. It 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 wasn't hard to make that switch to lift for fun because I'm just doing it for fun now. Yeah, where before you were kind of more focused on competition and and win right yeah i had that focus towards that w you have that mindset where you know competition's an interesting stressor and i never thought about it It from that perspective until you answered that question without without you know putting a meet or a or an event on the calendar is really good for you but it, it is stressful too if you don't balance that right and i think maybe you put a little bit too much pressure on yourself at times so it was cool to walk away from it you know and then, you know, I've been sending you videos of me lifting again. Um, what did, and I made a funny little post, you know, when when you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it's yours forever, right? And I was <laughs> yeah, making that goofy cute. post about weightlifting. <laughs> and I said, ah, bullshit, I'm just lifting here. But, you know, <laughs> I am getting back into it with a different kind of like youthful enthusiasm where, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it fresh because – you know, I still coach it, and I have some great athletes that I coach. And in fact, I'm I'm going out to Atlanta in in um, April to do a weightlifting seminar with a friend of mine, Cheryl Cheryl Hayworth. And if folks follow weightlifting, you should know who she is. Um, she's a she was an amazing lifter um, in the early 2000s. Uh, took a bronze medal um, in the Olympics um, at 17 years old. Um, wow, she's an awesome lifter and um, uh, someone I've met through when I was living in South Carolina. It's just someone I really like and enjoy doing things with. So we're going to be doing a weightlifting seminar at a, uh, at an athlete's gym, someone who I personally train. So, um, that'll be cool, but no, but I like to do it technically proficient. I like to do it for the fun and the aesthetics of it. And no, I, I, I don't know somewhere mentally. I just made a corner where I'm okay weightlifting for fun and I'm doing some other things competitively. And it's just been a really good, it's been a good switch up mentally for me. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's hard when you throw something on the calendar because if you're not meeting the said requirements that in you, inside your head for a specific weight or time, and then you start getting a little more stressed, start working a little harder. So, yeah. You know, that's, that, that's interesting when you said once it gets on the calendar, I never thought about that either, of how stressful it gets as you approach the meet or run or – competition oh yeah and there's there's a ton of benefits to competing and you know you you're bringing up winning but you know here's here's an interesting thing uh on this putting things on the calendar i was training a weightlifter um out of georgia and this guy was a master's athlete like me and um he wanted to do well and he was a pretty good lifter but then all of a sudden his wife started contacting me like hey i, I can i learn weightlifting and I'm like, of course, Beth, you know, I'd love to train you too. And so I started coaching her up and she was just off of a pregnancy and wanted to get back into shape. And she had some really cool, um, 
she had a really cool uh, transformation post-pregnancy by focusing on strength, not just cardio like she had in the past. And um, that was cool. But then as we were training weightlifting, uh, she was like, okay, I'm going to do a meet. And I just got to talking to her. And I'm like, well, you know, Bethann, just so we know, you're not going to win the meet. Um, what's going on? Like, you know, what are you motivated to do? And she goes, you know, my daughters are really reluctant participants in everything. And it's like pulling teeth to get them to do anything new. And I want them to see me do something that I'm scared to do. And I want them to see me have fun doing it no matter what happens. And I thought that was really cool. And that also kind That's of... That's way awesome. Yeah, that kind of switched my mindset into why I do anything and why I also got so committed to coaching the kids, why I got so committed to training at home, and why I got so committed to, you know, just wanting to be involved in their life. Just because hearing that from a parent who was a couple years ahead of me, um, it was a big switch for me. And again, you know, I've had some coaching opportunities that I haven't taken um, to coach... I don't even want to say this to coach different athletes. Um, but I, I, I've turned them down because I want to coach my athletes and my athletes are my kids and I want them to see me do stuff. And, um, yeah, hearing her say that and just, again, that was a really cool moment for me and it helped me. So there's all kinds of great reasons, you know, this, and you said the stress is stressful. Um, and it should be stressful. We should feel that stress, but learning how to manage that, through different in a healthy manner right yeah it's really cool you know what i mean and hunting's like that for you right i mean yeah yeah (laughs) i i've been fortunate my whole life i've always been on losing teams so i don't really care to win (laughs) there you go yeah growing up as a kid man i was always on these baseball teams and we would i mean and then basketball and it was just at the time i thought man this is a curse because you know, I'm fairly athletic and always had a good time, but it was one of the best less, uh, life lessons that ever happened to me because I've never been focused on on a win. It was just giving forth my best effort. Sure. So that competition side of me has never been there just because it's been seeded that um, not like the I'm, I'm competitive in the fact that towards myself, I always want to do 110 percent, but not competitive to where I have to win at all costs in a team kind of manner, right? Sure. Or even in an individual sport. So, no, I'm with I've you. never really felt those stresses. But then again, and with that though, I don't really care to do any runs or Ragnar. Maybe it's just fear of not doing great. I, I don't know, but I've never ever had the desire to do a competition. Yeah, competition. Even in skateboarding. I never went to competitions. I went to one competition, killed it, but they just were, it was the, what we used to call back then the jam. It was the skate session before a competition. I got gotcha. you. That was the funnest part to me. So you would, you would probably consider yourself, um, more intrinsically motivated where the motivation yeah. for you comes from the pursuit of the thing. Right, exactly. And I, I would probably put myself in that wheelhouse. I, you know, in the, and I think it's been an evolution for me as an athlete. You know, before, you know, when I was younger, uh, football and CrossFit were probably more all about if I can do this, people will respect me. Right. right. If I can get a varsity spot, people will be in it. If I can play football in college, people will notice me if I can be captain of the football team that's a big deal if I can go to the CrossFit games it'll give me these opportunities and to be honest as I've had kids and gotten older that's been much different I've realized that those those championship things or those accolades that you earn are pretty cool but they're not lasting the intrinsic stuff is what matters when you when you can do things that are lasting um, over time and I think that that's an evolution that some people go through um I think that's for everybody. I think when you're younger, you're into the shiny things. And then as you get older and you start to get some perspective, you realize those shiny things aren't lasting. And, and then you go to into pursuits of different passions and, and, and different stuff. But um, just to stay on the, the competitive side of things, I do also think that there's some cool lessons about you. And if like, 
if you get into a training focus that's kind of performance based, um, I think that that's the only way to to maximize your training because you you push 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 in training, and then that event should be where you do the hundred percent. I think where where yeah. where it can go backwards and squirrely on you if every day is a hundred percent, and then you show up the meet and you're only at seventy five percent, and that's what ends up ultimately happening. I think to a lot of people who get injured or burn out and no fun. And I think I had a little bit of that with the CrossFit situation. I think I attacked weightlifting a little more healthier um, with an older perspective. And then I don't know, man, I'm excited to go into 40, um, you know, being in the best shape of my life, to be perfectly honest with you. Well, I'm 46, almost 47, and I'm probably in the best shape I've ever I've been in since I was in high school football. And there you go. And it, it's a, it's it, I feel like I'm, yeah, it's, I feel like I'm 30 right now. Sweet. Just, this supple leopard thing has just changed my freaking life, man. Don't, it's been pretty unbelievable. I've said some things like that, and I wish I could go back to how I felt, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, eh, early 30s, but like in my, you know, because I was pretty strong as playing football. I would like to feel that energy again to compare it. Maybe, you know, because it, it's always relative, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I was full of piss. The mind was just like, oh, this is how it was. Yeah. yeah, I was full of piss and vinegar, right? You know, I could do some cool things when I was younger. I, I, I wonder, you know, are you really are you really in that great of shape? I think that's an interesting thing. But, um, you know, you bring up high school football. You know, I play, you bring up high school football, and I played high school football. I played at small, I played small college as well. But, um. And people know who listen to the podcast. I my sons play hockey. My son plays hockey. They started this adult learn to play class, and I joined it. And that's so awesome. It is. It it's just like you said. It is so awesome. Um, I don't know how to skate. I've never skated in my life, um, and I've never. I played a little bit of street hockey. Um, you know, the Flyers were a team that I watched from time to time, but I never really had any interest in hockey. But watching Mason have all this fun, and ultimately, like I said before, I want to coach hockey because he's having so much fun, and I want to coach his sports, but I don't, you know, I don't know anything about it. And they had this adult class, and it was awesome. We did an hour of skating drills like you would doing football drills. And then they, for 20 minutes, let us scrimmage each other. It was it was awesome. So I did week one. I did week one this past Thursday, and uh, I got five more weeks. And uh, it was really cool to hear the stories. of There were 19 adults like me in this class, and all different, you know, some – there were there – were, Two sets of parents like me who were just trying to experience what their kids were experiencing. Um, there were a large group of people who were just like, oh, I've been fans of hockey forever. And I thought, why not try it? And they're offering this. So I did it. And then there were a couple hard hitters in there who were like, oh, you know, I'm in the I'm in the B League. I'm trying to bump up to the A League. You know, they're there. So I need to get more time on the ice to, to beef up my uh, – to beef up my my skating so I can get up into a better league and it, it was cool it that is cool it was and I'll be honest try new things folks you'll find out even I have muscles in my legs Jeremy that I didn't know were there <laughs> <laughs> woke those suckers up huh yeah especially you know the, those adductors and abductors on the inside and in different spots on my groin just from skating and um and honestly. No, you're padded up, but I haven't fallen down like really hard in a long time, and I fell down a bunch, and you just get sore in a in the in the right way, I guess, um, from doing new things. So, um, you know, even at 38, you know, I'm fired up to do something new. Um, and you know, I did this talk on my most recent uh, Fitness Friday post, but you know, I do some. I, it seems like every Every nine, every like uh, year and a half to two years, I'll pick up some or three years. I'll kind of get into something new, and every now and then, one of them will stick. You know, hunting obviously has stuck. Um, uh-huh. Uh And this hockey thing is a cool thing. You know, I did the jiu-jitsu thing last year, and for different reasons, got out of that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't know what this hockey thing's going to do. I mean, as long as Mason's doing it, I'm going to try and be involved and coach it, but. 
it's fun. Yeah, but Joe, you're going to go to the A League. Yeah, I'm going to get in that A League. <laughs> I might. You know, they have different, and that's the thing I didn't even know. There's this whole like underbelly of hockey leagues. You know, different, different like um, different level leagues, Czech leagues, non-Czech leagues. You know, X, whatever. A. You know, they said they just like with the kids, they have different different leagues, and some people take this like recreational hockey thing like super serious. Um, and some people I think anything and everything anymore people get so into it and it's so neck deep that it's a, like a primary focus yeah and you know it's, i heard uh, i heard it's a, interesting well i heard a, i heard some folks doing talking about something like that and they said you know one of the reasons things like that are springing up or even this idea where people get so like tied to how they eat or they get so defensive or even like with these divisive political um conversations it all stems from like you know, the, these are the gaps that, like, religion used to um, hold for many people. And with, you know, people kind of falling off that track, they're just, they're, people do other things, you know. So, it's, you know, we're all searching for stuff, right? And part of that is just, like, a bit of meaning, right? And sometimes people fill it with doing things competitively and stuff like that. So that's another interesting thing to throw into this conversation. Yeah, well, and then it's finding that balance where it's healthy, yeah. where it's like not so healthy. And what's your focus? Yeah, is it? And I think that's what the thing you were talking about earlier. As you get older, and I think I said it before. You know, in my twenties and thirties, I had something to prove. In my forties, I really don't give a dang. Yeah, you isn't just, that right? <laughs> you, you you realize that, and I just had this conversation with my daughter the other day. Is that when you're younger, you're trying to prove everything to everybody around you, and then now that I'm like, you know, mid forties, I'm going, I don't talk to any of those people I was trying to prove something to. Yeah. That's interesting. So why am I trying to prove it to them? Yep. The only th person I need to prove anything to is my wife and she already knows I'm a dipshit. So <laughs> that's right. I, I, there's no going back from that. Right. Yep. So it, it's kind of interesting when you look at that, it's, I don't talk to not a one person that I was trying to impress. Yeah. That's interesting. So why do you impress them? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I can. As you bring that up, I'm trying to go through my head like, who do I care about? And it's like none of them. <laughs> you know, it's my wife. Yeah. And, it's my wife and kids. Like I, again, I did hockey for the same reasons. Um, you know, Beth Ann did a weightlifting meet. Like I want. You know, Mason's having a hard time developing this power stop. You know, Mason's a great skater. When I've I skated with him the Saturday before I did this hockey class. And I can't catch him. He's a much better skater than me. He spins. He's got great control. He sees the ice. He's he's good. But he can't do this hockey stop. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get that damn hockey stop. I'm going to show him that I can do it so he can do it. And then I'm going to learn it so I can teach him. And even for that, and then, yeah. And even, you know, the hockey class that we're doing is not convenient. It's late at night. It's on the same night Mason does it. But the other cool part is it's a night where we get to spend some time together. I take him to practice. I think that's what the cool thing is. Yeah, I, I get to take him to practice. In between practice, there's an hour where he get he got to pick where we went to dinner. Um, the first one, I told him, if you pick this time, I'm picking next, and I ain't picking McDonald's. And he's like, well, he goes, well, can I pick can I pick McDonald's uh, this time? And I'm like, hey man, it's your choice. Do your thing. So uh, he got to pick, and um, we went. And then I went back and practiced. It made for a really late night and a tough Friday for both of us. But um, as much as I'm like a Nazi about trying to get trying to get sleep and and making sure that's a, for the kids especially, I think I think it's worth it to have that for him and for us. And it, it's it's super cool to dive headfirst into what your kids are doing. So um, I'm with you on that, man. You know, uh, getting your priorities in line. You know, is what really does matter. And I think you just get more in touch with that with with perspective. Yeah, at that age, and it's just like, and then because over time you just learn that, gosh, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah, it, what is all this, you know? And then, and then too, you know, tying it into to hunting a bit, you know, I think that's just super important to just be <clears throat> as active as you can, you know. Yeah, you can put some training things down and, and try new stuff, but whatever you can do, like in the off season leading into you know fall, I think super important. You know, I think if you're generally just more active than you've been the year before, you'll probably be better off. And I, Absolutely. Know, I just would, you know, you hate seeing guys, you know, spend a bucket of money on awesome gear and, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, a new bow, you know, even, 
you know, I, I follow some bow shops and stuff. All these new bows are coming out, and then you see last year's models get put up for like you know 500 bucks off and it pisses you off and then uh, <laughs> but they're still expensive right you know you get oh a, yeah you know i saw you know they're still expensive you're spending all this money and then you go out there and you're not physically prepared like so you know you know for for training and for longevity and general happiness i think you have to have things that you have to do like your training whatever that is so run a little bit lift a little bit i don't care what you do you got to be doing both you just have to um, and then dang it, you have to have something that's fun. I mean, are you getting a mental release where you can, I'll be honest, man, playing in a hockey game for 20 minutes. I haven't felt like that since I was on an elk stock, <laughs> like where you're just out of your mind and you're just like into, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, that flow state, that play state, like, like pure play is, it was such a stress relief. Like I went into Friday work at school. Like it felt like the volume was turned to zero. I couldn't hear a kid do anything. I didn't, nothing they did bothered me. Like and the day just flowed so fun and free. And I had a great time with my coworkers and there were no conflicts with kids. And inversely, you know, I had a real hard time right before the holidays with a couple of kids where, I was getting challenged and I was I was getting into arguments and things were happening and to be honest you know around the holidays what are you doing I certainly I was you know taking training time and shopping I was eating crap food I wasn't sleeping you know you're stressed out and that stress built more stress so um you know play man I I would Maybe that's going to be the next program that I'll write it'll be like uh run lift play I mean that's what you need um <laughs> And I don't think I don't think anybody plays enough anymore, including kids. You put all this stress on them to be on some, you know, crazy club team. And, you know, kids see that, you know, kids realize when you're telling a kid, you know, it's a, you know, it's a twenty three hundred dollar club volleyball team. You know, um, you know, you got to be committed to this now. And then that puts a real weird layer of stress on it. Even with my daughter's um, gymnastics, it gets a little bit more interesting as you get these financial investments into the sports. So I don't know. Well, man. then you get into all the politics and yeah. everything else. And then it's, it can be almost a demotivator and then you're spending all this money. Yeah. So, so you it's know? still gotta be fun for them. You're right. Yeah, exactly. That, so that's, that's the thing. Like get that. Even if you, you know, I've been guilty of that too. Like me and the wife had the conversation like, Hey, you know, this gymnastics thing is getting to a place where it's gotta be more than fun. But Again, after experiencing this hockey thing, maybe it doesn't right now. You know, we just have to, as a family, decide if we can do it. And that's just that. And then it is what it is, as long as she's having fun. Because it was weird playing hockey, Jeremy. It was cool to just, (laughs) like, okay, I'll tell you about a funny moment in the hockey. This was the funnest part about it. So um, there was a turnover at mid-ice, and someone from the other team was, like, on a breakaway. And they shot the puck all the way behind our goal. So they had two guys down there, and I said, screw this. I ain't letting it happen. And I went on a full sprint. But then all of a sudden, unbeknownst to me, someone from my team was also down there, and they cut across, and we collided. It was, <laughs> and it was a woman. I went – it was a – because there's also, there also some moms in this class, and I, me and this woman plowed into each other. And uh, did she help you up? No, it was, we no both, I'm just kidding. No, no, we both we both looked. I looked at her. She looked at me. I said, "Are you?" At first, my thought was, "Holy, I just killed this woman." And uh, I looked at her. She looked at me. She goes, "That was awesome." And uh, <laughs> it was. It was just fun to play. Like, and um, I I haven't experienced play on that level. Like I said, there the the elk hunt where I stalked that elk. You know, that was a different level of awareness where I was into every step I made and that was a different kind of flow, I I feel like. Whereas this hockey thing, when I was playing, I wasn't thinking anything. I didn't care about the time. I didn't know who I was. It was, there was nothing. My mind was clear as the other flow state with hunting that elk. It was like, I can hear every little damn thing. Like it was hyper, hyper focus versus like no focus at all, but still moving. I don't know how to describe it, but it was cool, man. Like everyone's got to get out there and feel that still. I think adults, adults in particular, I think are missing out on it. Um, and you got to find a place to do that. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people are chasing it, but they do it in the wrong way. They're looking for likes and, 
Yeah, beer, right? How many, you how many people tagged me, and yeah. you, you know, it's all on this. What is it? Uh, the social media multi- business or whatever. Yeah, social media business, and it's an interesting. Yeah, so we're in interesting times right now. Where before, you know, you would go to a neighborhood and all the kids would be outside playing. You, you don't find that anymore. No, well, honestly, that's what's good about where we live, and you you've seen. Um, the courtyard in front of our house, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah. The way our neighborhood's set up, it's neat. You got you got the main strip where people drive, and then off that strip, there's these cul-de-sacs with uh, green spaces in between that are kind of, um, you know, the, the the HOA we they run it pretty hard, but uh, the kids can use it. It's multi-purpose spaces, but it's awesome. The kids are out there, and we're on a good block where kids are kids are doing that, and um, it's fun, man. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't. I think that there's certain things that you're just not going to find with a device. And um, man, I think you know, playing is one of them. Find a way to well, play. What, and in that playing and all that, you know, getting rid of the device and all that. What do you think is the best way to? Uh, how do I question this? Like, you know, do you, is a support group good? <laughs> is a you know. It, people egging you on surrounding yourself with people like-minded i mean so it's the question how do you get off the device more yeah i'll tell you what i did i'll give you something practical um i took i I took all my apps off my home screen that's a smart one i took them all off my home screen and, and i moved the ones that i need into one page and then i put all the useless crap in the back and then on the very back page, the third page, I put all the social media stuff in a folder, and I'll send you a picture of it. The folder is titled, uh, Don't You Have Something Better to Do? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so when I go in there, it's almost like shaming myself, and I have to ask myself a question. Do you have something better to do? Um and that's helpful. So sometimes when I want to make a post, no, at that moment I've trained, I got it out, I can put the post up. And then, you know, then I have to ultimately ask myself the decision when I have, I think, what's five minutes? Could I use this five minutes better or do I have something better to do? So um, uh, it, that's been helpful for me. And the other thing that uh, there's some other tricks you can do. Um, uh, if you're really addicted, uh, sometimes it's the, it's a, the, the screens are so beautiful, right? Put put your phone in in the black and white mode, and it won't be so fun to look at, and you won't look want to look at it as much. So that's another. Yeah, thing. that's interesting. Um, and then there's other devices. You, I think there's some apps you can get where you can actually put it on a timer, where you give yourself an hour on your phone a day or whatever, and then once it's up, the phone locks. I mean, you can get crazy like that. So yeah, there's some things that are practical you can do. Um, and then I think you know talking to your wife and being hey man we're on this too much if you see me if you see me going into zombie mode you know um give me a hug and and pull me to reality please you know what i mean so (laughs) yeah so yeah there's some ideas that i've done all that stuff um and honestly i think the best one over time has been throwing that throwing all the social media apps in some kind of degrading folder on the back page of your phone yeah and and as a guy i I mean you do quite a bit of posts for good reasons. Do you also sit there and look at a lot of posts of other people or do you just kind of post and then that's, that's your social media for the day? That's interesting. Yeah. So most of the social media stuff happens in the morning after training. Right. So uh, that's when I'll do it, you know, cause, um, I do, I'll try and do like one post a day and then, um, I'll cruise a bit, but you know, it's funny you ask that question. I used to follow a bunch of weightlifters and I actually started to influence my coaching negatively. So I stopped following all of that stuff. Um, so what I follow now is stuff that I'm interested in. Um, for a little bit, there was some jujitsu stuff that I was trying to pick up new tricks. Um, and ultimately now my wife laughs at me. She says, what are you looking at over there? And then all it is is antlers. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to see the animals. So honestly, I follow. Um, so it's always shifting to what I'm interested in. And so I don't, I never, I don't follow posts anymore that have anything to do with my coaching or work. 
there's a couple personalities that I like who I trust, but I generally like to, because I think what you can be guilty of, if you're following too many people who are in the same professional space as you, you end up going in all directions trying to chase down things that you really don't have a deep understanding of. And you're just getting like shallow practice at things that you really don't fully understand. So when I'm when I do something strength and conditioning wise, you know, I'll follow for one guy. One guy I do follow is a strength coach named Brett Bartholomew. Follow him, um, uh, Coach uh, Brett B. But he's written a couple of really good books. So I follow Brett, but I've also read his books. I follow his email list. I'm in his little cohort of people so i do him social media wise because it's given me a deeper understanding of what i've um interacted with in his the books of his that i've read and i've read books on him about exercise technique books on him about getting buying from athletes like that's my guy so that's where i think it's good um I, I, you don't want to get in that place where you're you're chasing all these people for a goofball understanding of nothing you know and even right right and even from an archery perspective it's like i pick one guy like i think that the technique stuff that john dudley teaches is good so i follow his youtube stuff i follow his social media you know so you know it, it's really don't follow a lot of folks now the things that i like to look at for fun you know if you post cool pictures of elk doing cool stuff that don't bother me so but i try not to get too much into too broad of a landscape of um who to follow because then you don't follow anything right right exactly so that's where i sit with that but so that's good stuff i i really like the fact what you said about um you get wrapped up and you're trying to chase them because even in the marketing scheme side of things in my business it's like i everybody's like well these guys are doing this and these guys are doing that. And I'm like, I don't really care. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. We have a plan. Because if you do, because if I do focus on what they're doing, then I've had this pressure to meet that expectation where even if I don't even believe in, then that's the way you should do something. But now it's kind of embedded in my head because I'm looking at it or I'm reading about it or so following things that you like. I think that's a great, great point. Yeah. You follow things you like that motivate you. I think that's okay. You know, there are motivating things on the internet. And then, honestly, the other thing, I like to watch people, like, fall down and do dumb things. That, just, <laughs> just that natural stuff. Yeah, the internet's funny. I mean, it's okay. You know, I know we've beaten up social media from time to time, but, you know, I'm like anybody else. I'll I'll blank out on the gram watching funny stuff. You know what I mean? You know, just... um. I never did a social media until we started doing this podcast. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. I mean... So, uh, you know, you can use it right, and you, you catch a good deal yeah. on something here and there, you know, but you, again, it's like anything else, you know, get off of it when you're not supposed to be on it. You have to have a plan because it can, it's super addicting, you know, and I see middle schoolers really struggling with this and parents who don't have rules about the devices and don't, and let the kids have TVs in the room, stuff like that. These kids are just not sleeping, you know, so it's just like anything else. You have to be disciplined, you know, um, so you know, that's where we sit on that. Get out and play. Do some hockey. Yeah, but if it's part of your thing, it's okay. Yeah, that's right. Do <laughs> play hockey. <laughs> yeah, but it's just part of what happens. You know, your day should be full. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be a waste of time, right? And I think if you're, you know, swiping left and tapping likes all day, you're you're missing out on a lot. You should, you know, are am I doing enough to have other people tap my stuff, I guess. You know, that that but you know, well, and the unfortunate thing is, you know, you coaching and I coach, you, you sit there and look at the stands, and we've said this a million times, but the parents just aren't oh my gosh, watching their kids. I mean, they're, they're not involved because they'd rather swipe right, swipe left, whatever it is, and you know, it's tap funny. the heart. I had that experience a little bit at hockey. I get, so I had Mason on my phone. I was like, Mason, Mommy wants some video of Daddy skating. And then, like, every now and then, I would do something cool, and I'd look up, and he's... I know that little little turd was playing a game on my phone, not filming me. I could tell. <laughs> and it was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it is heartbreaking. So so that's for real. I mean, yeah, it was like, oh, I, I it's like, Mason, did you see my goal? And he goes, no, I missed that, Dad. Sorry. And I was like, son of a gun. That sucks. You know what I mean? So, and it did score a goal, which was cool. Uh, that aside, is awesome. Aside from knocking over two women. I, I knocked... I, 
Jeremy, you're a bully, bro. Jeremy, I knocked the piss out of those broads. I didn't care. They had the pads on. I'm going <laughs> to. They shouldn't have been on that. They know what they're getting into that, when they get on that ice. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> no holds barred. But it, it was fun. As as Where's the five-year-old? Yeah. I'll take him out. That's right. Well, that's the goal. I'm going to skate with these kids. And some of them are talented skaters, my son included. So, uh, you know. That reminds me of a post I did see, and it was a guy, and he goes, he was a jiu-jitsu uh, they showed him and then an eight-year-old, and he goes, I identify as an eight-year-old jiu-jitsu wrestler. Nice. <laughs> He's beating the piss out of this kid. Nice. Now you're getting into some of that. You know, there's all kinds of weird weird things like that. You know, there's got to be a line with it. But, um, hey, man, this was a this was a fun chat. And, again, uh, another one of these episodes where we had a plan and didn't get into any of it. Um nope. But again, you know, as you guys are struggling or working through or, or preparing for your next uh, whatever, your next hunting season, um, you know, I think there's some good tidbits in here that can just keep you motivated to train and to keep it up and to keep active. And I think as long as you're doing something, um, it's better than nothing in that regard. But I would say as I kind of tie this up and we uh, after action review this one, you know, you have to have something in your life that, you know... Um, Get your lungs prepped, get your body prepped, and then, you know, are you doing something that gets your, your um, you know, get your happy juices flowing, you know? So uh, lift, run, and play, I think that's a funny, funny little tagline that I would put yeah, on the end of this one. episode, Jeremy. Well, and I think, too, don't be scared to go out there and try something different. Even as we get older, we kind of <clears throat> close-mind ourselves and don't think we can do something. And maybe you can't, but if you prepare properly and do what's necessary, take the necessary steps, you will be able to do it eventually. Yeah, what's that quote? Uh, whether you say you can't or I can, you're you're right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I think so. that is something, something in those lines. <laughs> well, if it's not... I, I smell what you're smoking. Yeah. If it's not, it is now. You know, <laughs> yeah. whether you can or you can't, you're right. So whether you think... Yeah, I think it's like whether you think you th- can or you think you can't, you're right. Well, very cool, guys. Well, we think you can do it. Um, The question is, um, will you do it? So um, get after it, folks. Um, uh, I'm Joe Shamanic. Uh, The other guy's Jeremy Day, and hopefully we gave you something to help you train, hunt, and live your best life possible. Jeremy Day, man, you have a solid one. Yeah, you too, brother. God bless America.